Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC, and we'll close the show today by inviting you to call in and help us report the story of the 10th anniversary of the New York City Street Safety Plan called Vision Zero, rolled out by the de Blasio administration. The program has now been implemented for a full decade, since 2014. But the number of pedestrian fatalities remains high, far from zero. All this week, the WNYC Newsroom will be looking at the legacy of the program, where it has succeeded in making streets safer, which it has in a bunch of cases, and where it has failed. So listeners, here's where you come in for today's end-of-show call-in. Since implementing Vision Zero is literally a block-by-block pursuit, help us report this story. What intersections or stretches of road near you do you find concerning? Put it on our reporter's map, 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. And beyond that, give us a Vision Zero success story, if you have one, from your neighborhood to model it for others, 212-433-9692. So, for example, Queens Boulevard, as many of you know, used to be called the Boulevard of Death. And then they put in a bike room, a bike lane, which improved safety significantly. Uh, that's one example. Where else would you like to see a bike lane? Is there a two-lane road that could be made into a one-way street? Is there an intersection you think needs a red light camera or a speed trap? Which intersection would you want to see redesigned and how? 212-433-WNYC. Help contribute to the public conversation about Vision Zero Decade 2. 212-433-9692. And joining me now... As your calls are coming in, and to preview the week of reporting from the WNYC and Gothamist News team is WNYC's Morning Edition senior producer and former Brian Larishow producer, Alec Hamilton. Hey, Alec. Hey, Brian. So Vision Zero has implemented a lot of changes in how we drive in New York City. Can can you name a few of the program's top initiatives? Yeah, I mean, a big thing is it dropped the default speed limit on most New York City streets from 30 miles per hour to 25 miles per hour. Um, the city says, and, and data show, that uh, a pedestrian who's hit by a vehicle that's going 30 miles an hour is twice as likely to die from that crash as somebody who's hit by a vehicle going 25 miles an hour. So, you know, it's it's a big thing. The city also increased enforcement and penalties for unsafe driving. And then there's a lot of improvements you can see if you just go walk around anywhere in the city. You know, there's pedestrian plazas, there's protected bike lanes and raised crosswalks and, uh, you know, speed bumps. Uh, And and then... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) The city also changed the timing on a lot of traffic lights to give pedestrians a little more time to make it safely across the street. So the pedestrians get like a few seconds head start because you're way easier to be seen by cars if you're in the middle of the street than if you're just stepping off a curb. Yeah, I used to see those countdown clocks for the walk signs at some intersections, and it would only start around 10 seconds and count you down from there. Now, some of them that I've come across count down from 30 seconds. Um, So just give us the top-line level of success, which is to say when Vision Zero uh, began 10 years ago, 
299 people were killed in traffic in the prior year. What's the number for 2023 if they have released that? Yeah, well, the the as of I think it was October 31st, the number for um, people killed in traffic in New York City in 2023 was 212, with another 43,900 who were injured. Um, so the top line is that, you know, the goal is to eliminate deaths and serious injuries from traffic, and that has obviously not happened. Um, from that 299 deaths in 2013, the number started decreasing. You know, it, uh, January 2014 when they the city rolled out the initiative. And then again, in February, they sort of added to it. And the numbers started going down and they went down pretty steadily until about 2018. We got to 206 deaths. That was kind of the record low for this last decade. But then since then, they've gone back up and and we've never managed to get below 200 deaths in a year. Yeah. So even at its height, Vision Zero was really vision, reduce it by about a third. Um, I've seen, I mean, where, where those interventions were applied, it, it has made a real difference. It's just they haven't been applied everywhere. And so some streets, you know, continue to be really, really deadly. So Jerry in Brooklyn might have a place where he'd like to see it applied. Jerry, you're on WNYC. Hello. Hi there. So the intersection I'm calling about is actually um, McDonald Avenue in Fort Hamilton Parkway. Um, and from that intersection, the next light down on Fort Hamilton Parkway is so far away that cars tend to just speed from McDonald Avenue down Fort Hamilton Parkway. And for those people who want to cross the street into Greenwood Cemetery, it's really treacherous. But also, it's just an opportunity for speeding because of the distance to the next traffic light. Jerry, thanks for putting that intersection and that stretch. Uh, on Alec Hamilton's radar, and yeah. Eli in Williamsburg. You're on WNYC. Hi, Eli. Hi there. Um, so I live near Graham Avenue, which is a major commercial street um, in southeast Williamsburg. It's where I do a lot of my shopping. It's also the street that I walk down when I uh, come from the subway at the Montrose L station. And there are two intersections in particular one at Borum Street and Graham Avenue, and the other at McKibben Street and Graham Avenue on this busy commercial street where there's not so much as even a crosswalk to cross busy Graham Avenue. Um, And I, on a daily basis, find myself having to cross this street um, with no traffic regulation whatsoever. Eli, thank you very much. Another one that's come in in a text message says... Columbia Street in Brooklyn, when the city removed the lane from the BQE near Brooklyn Heights, Google Directions now sends thousands of cars on a neighborhood local street where people drive like maniacs, running red lights, speeding, driving the wrong direction at high rates of speed and ignoring pedestrians. This area also has high foot traffic due to Brooklyn Bridge Park. So many calls from Brooklyn uh, coming in, Alec. Uh, there's three examples. I think you were trying to say something about the first one, yeah? I, I was just going to say, you know, I don't live that far from there. I know just just where he's talking about. And it is scary. And it is a it's a really good example of an area where um, street redesign could make a big difference, right? Because cars are able to speed down that street because it's wide and it's straight and there are no lights and there are no speed bumps. And, you know, without without going after individual drivers for obeying or not obeying the speed limit, the city could pretty, you know, pretty easily make it impossible to speed or, or very, you know, difficult to speed um, down that stretch at the same 
at the same velocity. So taking these examples as a little sample, um, and based on what you said before, is it that the city has put attention and made changes to a number of intersections over the past decade that have made those intersections safer, but it just takes time and they haven't gotten to all these other sections, intersections uh, where maybe people are getting hurt and killed that also could use um, some infrastructure changes? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things we're actually going to be doing this week is our transportation reporter, Stephen Nesson, is going to be going to Queens Boulevard, which you mentioned, the formerly known as the Boulevard of Death. Mm-hmm. Right? 18 pedestrians were killed there in a single year in 1997. And, but since then, there's been a lot of changes. Now it's much safer. Uh, but then there's Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, which has not seen a lot of changes. And it's still really scary to try to cross the street there. Uh, and I think in 2021, 10 pedestrians were killed there in traffic. Mm. So we'll be kind of looking at both of those and the political will it took to get those changes made and, you know, why they haven't been applied quite as evenly. I also see the newsroom is looking to interview someone who has actually hit a pedestrian. You want to shout out what you're looking for and how people can get in touch if they're willing to be interviewed? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, We are really hoping to include that perspective this coming week. I don't know if we are going to be able to find someone, but we're trying. Uh, but we really want to talk with somebody who was behind the wheel during a crash where somebody else got hurt or, or even killed. Um, you know, not so much even about the crash itself, but about what life has been like after that. Because one of the big ideas behind Vision Zero is this idea that humans are imperfect, right? That we make mistakes and we make bad decisions sometimes. But that systems, the infrastructure and the design could make the consequences of those decisions less deadly. And so if you think about it sort of from that perspective... Drivers are also victims of these systems that are just not designed right to prevent harm. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from about the way a crash uh, has impacted somebody who is behind the wheel as well. So is what you imagine that you might get somebody who actually, while driving a car, hit a pedestrian and eventually um, came to the opinion that, you know, if only that intersection had had a different kind of crosswalk or different kind of light cycle or something like that, that accident might not have happened? You know, I don't think they need to have performed that level of analysis on it. Really, what we just want to hear from them is the ways it's impacted them, you know, the ways it's it's changed their life since it happened, how they feel and and how they think about things moving forward in the wake of something terrible like that. Another one coming in from Brooklyn. Listener says, um, corner of Bedford and DeKalb, Spencer and DeKalb, people running stop signs all day and cars hitting each other all the time. And one more before we run out of time, Bernard in Brooklyn Heights here on WNYC. Hi, Bernard. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, Now that we have uh, to-go cocktails, I think that was, uh, that's approved now in perpetuity if I'm not... DWI arrests, there's a document called the Mayor's Management Report, which all citizens can access. I'm seeing quite a drop in DWI arrests from over 10,000 10 years ago in 2014 to fewer than 4,000 last year. I would hope that's because there's a lot more drunk driving, but I I wonder about that. Uh, I wonder, uh, also, there's no reporting on whether the arrests are proactive versus reactive, you know, after the damage is done. And lastly... I wonder if police officers are more reluctant now. Things can go awry when you pull over somebody who's 
perhaps had been drinking, are police officers less reluctant to get entangled in those situations? Do they feel they're not going to be given the benefit of the doubt? If- and Bernard, I have to leave it there because we're going to run out of time in a minute. And I want to um, give Alec a chance uh, just to say one more time what they are inviting listeners to do. But Alec, in like 15 seconds, is a change in enforcement something that you're looking at as a contributor to the persistence of traffic accidents? Well, I'll say a change in enforcement came as a result of Vision Zero, but um, I I think that some of the people we'll be speaking to would argue that enforcement is maybe not the right proactive approach. Um, I do think, you know, to the caller's point that the pandemic brought a lot of changes that, that have, you know, created conditions that today contribute to the high number of deaths, right? We get a lot more deliveries. There's a lot more trucks. There's a lot more e-bikes. Yeah. Um, All right. So, listeners, heads up. Here's a big way you can participate if you want. As our newsroom is asking listeners to answer the question, what's the one change you'd like to see to make streets safer? We heard some on the phones here. People can send a voice memo. Uh, Alex, just tell people in our last 15 seconds how they can record themselves. You can send us a voice memo at your voice, all one word, at WNYC.org, or share it right on our website at WNYC.org slash share. If you uh, include your name and where you live. WNYC.org slash share, or send a voice memo to that inbox. Alec Hamilton, senior producer of WNYC's Morning Edition, will be listening to the series. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Brian.